2: Heard the dystopian futures song Tsunami Death Ray here on the Antidote before. I love this Scottish band's music. It's loud, it's chaotic. It speaks about social topics, and most importantly, the music speaks about having a committed faith in God. The music also shares some common ground with tonight's second guest, Swarde They both fit into the music subgenre of anarcho-punk. Neither the bands rant about the problems created by our elected officials, but they recognize that some of our social problems are really a direct result of government policies. It may be a radical form of music, but it's worth listening to, especially when it comes from a Christian worldview. You'll hear more about that with my talk with Dystopian Futures. Mr. Dave Emerson, CEO <laughs> of Zap Records and also... head guy at Dystopian Futures. Dave, you and I are always messaging back and forth about music. Funny enough, this is the first time we've actually spoken about your own project, Dystopian Futures. Taking on that band name, it sounds like you're spending way too much time watching post-apocalyptic movies.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Dave, it's good to chat. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, I mean... I do enjoy post-apocalyptic movies. I, I, I won't lie. Um, but I think it's kind of about something more than that. I mean, we definitely play with the sci-fi connection. Uh, you can kind of see that in some of our artwork and stuff like that. But um, I wouldn't want us to be pigeonholed as like a sci-fi band, you know, <laughs> um, or even sci-fi punk, because I think it's, it's kind of broader than that. But you know, even in terms of influences, the thing that hit me the most was um, – you know, you see these silly memes on Facebook. I'm not really into them. But there was one about the fact that, and it's a couple of years ago now, that this was the date that they came to in Back to the Future. This was supposed to be like this glorious future where everything was wonderful and there's, the, you know, the cool technology and the hoverboards and the jackets that, like, you know, shrink themselves to fit you and all this cool stuff. And and just kind of realizing, wow, yeah, it's, it's not like that at all. Um, I read a lot. So there's a lot of influences from... People like Orwell um, and Aldous Huxley, and people like that, who were kind of really in their own time were trying to fight against this kind of idea of like, oh my goodness, the future is going to be so utopian, everything's going to be wonderful. H.G. Wells was a really strong proponent of that idea, like, you know, technological development is going to make the world perfect. And, um, you know, these guys were living sometime after him and were realizing that's just absolute nonsense. Um, So I take a lot of influences from from those kind of authors and um, just kind of looking at the world around us and. And realizing that, you know, for as much as we have advanced technologically, um, I think that's actually caused us detrimental harm in regards to, you know, how we view one another, our relationships. And I don't see it improving the quality of life for most people in the world. So the dystopia, those two words, that small title is trying to kind of communicate all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is impossible. It's kind of silly of me to try and cram that much meaning in. But yeah. Yeah. Just the idea that our future that we were all so excited about as kids is quite dystopian as we look at it now. We might as well
2: keep on talking about Apocalypse. The song Apocalyptic Romance came out on your first release. And I guess fortunately it's probably not about your relationship with your wife. <laughs> but it does say dehumanized, no soul, no purpose. That's depressing.
0: It is I can't refute that. It is depressing. I have tried really hard with this project, with my lyrics, to take a really brutally honest look at the world, um, to take a brutally honest look at relationships, the way that people function, society in general, social trends, things like social media and technology and the way that we use that to basically manipulate one another. Um, And I've tried to be honest about that. And so in trying to be honest about it, I have to deal with the negative aspects. But I I have tried in all of my songwriting to try and bring in some aspect of hope. Uh, And generally that's me just trying to point people towards Christ because I don't see any other solution to the maladies of our society Um, because we we have become those things. You know, I worked a job for a couple of months when we first moved back to Scotland, having lived in South Africa for six years. I got the train to work every day and I watched people just basically plug into their phone. They got onto the train, they sat down, and they plugged in, and they were on their phone for the entire 45 minutes, all the way to work. Um, no one talked to anyone else. You know, they were just like in their zone, on their phone, in their bubble. You know. And then I got to work, and I plugged into the computer, and I answered the phones. It feels like more and more in society, people are just literally cogs and numbers. I feel like we don't interact with one another as if we have souls, or purpose, or meaning, I see social interaction generally being quite shallow. And it tends to be, especially in terms of social media, about what you can get from someone. You know, I need you to retweet my tweet. I need you to heart my Insta. I need you to like my Facebook post, whatever it is. Um, It's about kind of getting validation from each other instead of actually seeing that that person has a soul and an innate value because of the fact that they are created and have worth in God's eyes. And I don't see that in society. And so I have to write about it.
2: You mentioned about what others were doing on the train as you were heading into work. What were you doing then if you weren't plugged into your phone?
0: (laughs) Um, I was trying to read. Um, I was trying to listen to music. I was trying to do something that for me personally would try and kind of lift me, edify me at, you know, at quarter past seven in the morning on the train. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect either. I spent time on my phone as well. Um, I'm not trying to come across as a judgmental if that's how the lyrics come across it's not meant to um but it's just kind of identifying those social patterns and and then you know sort of saying in the broadest terms like is this good is this healthy should we continue with this because i think there's a lot of stuff that happens that's just taken to be acceptable and normal but i think it should be questioned this is dave emerson of dystopian futures and you're listening to the antidote
2: I want to get into the band itself. Dystopian Futures is a stripped down kind of band. Just two of you. Does that make yeah. it simpler or more difficult?
0: Um, at the moment, I think it makes it simpler. Um, it's kind of a format I'm used to, you know, with being the vocalist for the old timers, Um, Donovan Denecker did a great job of coming up with the music and he would kind of push that to me and he would send me, you know, a whole batch of songs and then I'd get to choose which ones I felt like I could put vocals to. So it's kind of the same with Dystopian Futures. Scott Key is the the main songwriter, I would say. He comes up with a lot of the riffs. I mean, I I definitely contribute, um, but he is just an incredible musician. He has a degree in musicology. Um, He knows music theory, you know, like right up to the highest levels. Um, but at the same time, he knows how to just like play the music of the people, you know what I mean? Um, and just write these really catchy riffs. And But what we're trying to do musically is is really explore stuff that's outside of what would normally be deemed punk. Like we both consider ourselves punks and we feel like we, we're trying to take a punk rock attitude and kind of the DIY mentality into this project. Um, but we're also trying to just explore things and include things that we wouldn't necessarily be able to do in other bands. Um, Scott has a really big interest right now in, um, serialism, which is this kind of music theory. I don't really understand it, but, but it's about like playing notes, um, in a series and not just like, you know, normal chord structures, but like quite weird. Um, yeah, I'm not doing a very good job of describing it. Um, it's obviously going to be an issue for us as we move down the line, because we definitely would like to play live shows. We can't do that, just the two of us, not unless we rely on, you know, a drum machine and loads of samples and loops, and that's not really our ideal. So we are um, looking to add musicians to the band. Um, yeah, it's it's great for now. Uh, we're trying to just basically build a set so that we can actually go into being a live band. Uh, and once we add other musicians, then that will definitely change the dynamic. But uh, it's working for now. We're, we're happy with it.
2: <laughs> you brought up the word weird. Kazoo. Cowbell and fiddle in a punk band. Are you serious?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're deadly serious. <laughs> um, again, I don't know if we, we'll get away with describing our band as punk by the strictest terms, you know what I mean? But it's one of those things where everyone has a different idea of what exactly punk is. Um, for me, I, I think punk has always been about experimentation, about not being afraid to express yourself in ways that are seem odd or quirky or different to mainstream so um i think we're punk in that sense but i'm not i'm not sure if musically other people would identify it as punk you know (laughs) i don't know um but yeah we have a bunch of instruments and we're like what else can we throw in here we know we, we kind of build the skeleton of the song and we're like well okay and we record that usually and then we're like you know it's lacking here what can we what can we add in there scott being the musical genius that he is, he's a a multi-instrumentalist and has access to quite a a wide variety of instruments. Including um, cowbells. Including the cowbell, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's just us having fun, you know, and a big part of it is that, you know, that we are experimenting, we are making music about a really serious subject, but we're also trying to have fun at the same time, you know, we're not taking ourselves too seriously, like it's not a full-time job or anything like that, you know, it's something that we do as and when we have a little bit of spare time here and there and um, we're just enjoying ourselves in the studio i mean you can hear that we you know quite a number of our songs end with me just in fits of laughter just because we're just having such a good time <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was short. You heard fun times from Dystopian Futures' about to be released EP, Low Times. Dave Emerson tells us more about the EP and its music on the next part of our chat, along with the song Omniphobes. And I want to hear your thoughts. What's the biggest
0: problem in society? <laughs> You're setting me up to make a lot of enemies, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh narcissism how so i feel like society is heavily narcissistic but i do think that as time goes on not only the youngsters but i really do think that across the board i'm seeing people becoming increasingly narcissistic where life is very much about you personally and what you can get out of it and how you can use other people to get what you want out of life um and if people don't validate you in the way that you want them to or they don't respond in the appropriate manner that you have dictated then you cut them off and i know i'm harping on social media but i do feel like social media is set up to encourage and almost breed narcissism because it is very much about how do people respond to what i say and i feel like people's lifestyle choices are increasingly about them and only them um and I think we kind of see that then play out in in terms of people's relationships. People are extremely lonely. You know, we see relationship breakdowns on all sorts of levels. And I really, I think a lot of it does boil down to, to narcissism.
2: And dystopian futures is your method of proclaiming this to the world, not through social media.
0: <laughs> yes, we do leverage social media you know, that's why I'm saying I don't want to harp on social media. I really think it can be a tool. Um, You know, you and I were talking about my friends in two minute minor and how they are excellent communicators. They really use social media as a tool to their benefit and they're using it to make connections with people in the scene so that they can encourage each other. And that's great. And I really think that social media can be used as a wonderful tool. I personally use it regularly um, for organizing things for our church and connecting with people that we haven't met face to face and it's great for that but i think that it can also be um, a real evil you know it it's a wonderful tool when used correctly but it's very easy to use it wrong uh, and to get caught up in it it's just so easy to type something and not think about the tone and how it might come across to other people yeah dystopian futures is definitely something where i'm using it to voice my opinions and feelings about things, Um, I would definitely like to engage people about these questions and these topics um, in the hopes of, of just kind of inspiring some thought, because I think a lot of the trends I see people just kind of just go right along, you know, without much thought or analysis of what it is that they're getting into.
2: <laughs> You're voicing more of your opinions on that new Dystopian Futures EP, Low Arts. It has the song Omniphobes. One of the verses goes the politics of hatred in the houses of power, the engine of fear grinding hour by hour, the beast or banshee at the heart of all mankind is goaded into outrage by blind leaders of the blind. Is being blind typical for all of us?
0: <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm just really being impacted by um, how harsh these lyrics really are and how easily they could be misconstrued as me just telling everyone that they're wrong. Um, that's really not my heart. Um, I'm not a sociopath, I promise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, I just, I see a lot of things happening in the world that are really disheartening. Um, and I feel like it's a time in history when it's hard to be hopeful. We're really experiencing some very difficult things economically um, on the world stage, we're experiencing, you know, extremism. Um, I do think that a lot of places in the world right now, the the political leaders um, are untrustworthy <laughs> and I don't trust their agendas. I see more fear. And because of that fear, I see that fear feeding more hatred and more distrust of people that are different, you know, people that look different or from different places. And that scares me. In my personal opinion, I feel like that's coming from the top levels, you know, like from the politicians kind of feeding down. Whether that's their intention or not, I'm not sure. But the way that they word things, unfortunately, that translates into fear and hatred on the ground in society. I guess that's what I'm trying to voice there is like, I feel like people are kind of blind to the politics that are being played out and how it's affecting the way that they treat other people. What I'm saying in that line there about being goaded into outrages like you know we're being led by these people who have agendas that i don't trust but they're doing a good job of voicing it and people are buying into it it feels to me like they're being encouraged to to be intolerant you know and to lash out and to blame others for their problems and yeah i don't think that's great <laughs>
2: talk about the EP's title track, Low Arts. This is gonna make me sound strange, but I don't actually watch TV. The song talks about that kind of media, but it goes beyond that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The whole idea of the song Low Arts, my pastor used the phrase uh, in a sermon and it just really struck me. And he was talking about how basically people will use manipulation and, um, and pride and arrogance to kind of get their own way. You know, in the Bible, Jacob is a really good example of that. He totally tricked his brother out of his birthright twice over. Um, and he he described those as the low arts. And that's what really inspired me to kind of write that song. It's just basically a, a kind of treatise on me seeing that kind of behaviour again in the media. Yeah, I talk about television. Um, I talk about the celebrity culture because I feel like we celebrate celebrities that's a bad pun there. Um, <laughs> but we celebrate them. And, and a lot of them really shouldn't be celebrated. You know, the stuff that they get up to isn't exemplary. You know, they're, they're not setting a good example for the people who who um, follow them, as it were. So, um, again, I'm talking about kind of social media and celebrity status, television, you know, billboards. I don't think I necessarily mentioned that. But it's just kind of this, this drip feeding of culture that, again, I, I think it, it kind of ties into that narcissism. You know, it's like. If you want to be a celebrity, you know what you need to do? You need to go out there and do whatever you want, you know, and just you be you and everyone else can just go to hell. (laughs) Uh, And that's what I'm saying. The low arts, you know, it's like you're using any means possible to to kind of get your own way. And again, it's just another description of the trends I see in society that concern me that I I would like people to think about and question.
2: Dave, you are all knowing and all wise. So we need to know. Is there no hope for the future?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think there is an absolute hope. Um, And I would say hope with a capital H. In our discussion right now, we've focused on the kind of negativity of the songs. But I've tried in every single song to talk about the higher being. You know, this love with a capital L, this hope with a capital H. The the fact that out there, there is a God that loves us and made us and um, has... Wonderful plans for us and I use scripture in the songs to talk about how um, God promises to be with us That even though we see these struggles around us and the world looks like it's going insane There's still hope because God sent his son Christ to reach out to us with that hand of of divine friendship, you know And to pull us up out of the mire and to save us and to give us a fresh start Um, And I am trying to allude to that in the songs as well. So hopefully that comes across.
2: You need to tell people where they can find the music of Dystopian Futures.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I'm trying to be consistent. So Dystopian Futures doesn't have a social media feed of any kind. Um, But you can find all the Dystopian Futures music on the Zap Records Bandcamp, which is zaprecords.bandcamp.com. And we have a new EP coming out on June the 11th. And that will also be on the, the Zapp Bandcamp. As always, Dave, this has been great.
2: Thanks for coming on The Antidote.
0: I always love just hanging out with you, Dave, and just chatting. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it.
1: Welcome to 2018! to the latest celebs on your HD screen! What's the selling in as truth. To live in this mess is so hard to do! Be the song.
2: dystopian features new ep which releases june 11th on the zap records bandcamp page now it's time to move to sweden for our next artist whose name i totally mess up when i try to pronounce it enough said here it comes ilaf Håden fronts the band svar's it's great to have you here for a talk with the antidote
3: thanks man it's great to be here it's
2: your chance to laugh at how I pronounce the band name, because you're going to tell us the real way of saying
3: it. Yeah, so it's svarteskärm, it's so you are almost nailed it, like 99%. <laughs> <laughs> that means I get a passing grade. Yeah, 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 that's fine. We're also very polite in Sweden, so I wouldn't tell you if you didn't.
2: That fits with our Canadian mindset, too. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> We're polite even if somebody's really annoying us.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's the same. We don't know how to confront someone. We don't know. How do you do that? It's scary. So
2: I've already offended you with how I pronounced the band name. I might be offending you again because I thought that Sweden was really known for its metal and pop music. Obviously, with your band being punk, I was wrong. Is punk popular in Sweden?
3: It is uh, still, actually. Yeah, we have a a quite big scene um, still. It's it survived from the 80s and just continue to like be around the same amount. So, of course, it goes down a couple of years and then, then the trend goes up again. And I'm surprised that kids today still like find old punk records and listen to them. Like, I don't know how they find it. I don't know. Because you never see it on TV. You never see, uh, hear it on radio. But it's still a, a great scene. And it's a lot of places that you can, can have gigs and stuff like that. So... It's, it's quite popular.
2: Obviously, they're finding your band because you've been around for some time.
3: Yeah, we've been around like 15 years or something. Yeah, that's crazy. I haven't thought about that. Does that
2: make you feel old?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really old, actually. It's like if in, in Sweden you're allowed to have sex when you're 15, so Svartikar could be a, a dad or a parent. <laughs>
2: Many of the European and Scandinavian bands I know sing in English, but you haven't taken yeah. that route, except on the song Rebel Yell. You prefer to keep it
3: Swedish? Yeah, it's more direct. When Swedish people hear English music, it's so much easier not to listen to the lyrics directly. You have to concentrate to take in the lyrics because you're so used to having that like a background noise. And then when you say something in Swedish, you have fewer words than English, so like you have more synonyms uh, to a specific word in English, and in Swedish it's fewer. So it's more direct in a way. Like the sound of it, it's it's. I feel uh, I feel it's more crunchy. <laughs> I don't have a good word for it. It's <laughs> like sound. That's not as, uh, as, as it's not as melodic as English. So I like that, especially in punk music. And, and when people hear Swedish songs, they they can't flee from it. They they immediately hear. Uh, what we sing about and in punk music i guess that's the only thing we got going for us
2: then doing the vocals in swedish does that not cut down on gaining fans outside of sweden
3: yeah i guess i don't know we haven't thought about that but it's kind of strange like a lot of plays on our on spotify and stuff like that is from america and especially germany and yeah some from canada i guess people like the the strangeness, the exotic vibe of it. But I guess you could learn uh, like to read Klingon, and that's almost the same sound.
1: <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> I guess there, there's some nerds sitting around there and thinking they learned Klingon, and we're a Klingon band, but it's Swedish. I don't know. <laughs>
2: A few things that make your band unusual, at least in my eyes, because you don't do straight up punk. It's anarcho-punk. And it also comes from a Christian viewpoint. And I find that to be an odd fit. How do Christianity and anarcho-punk work together?
3: Like I would say that that anarchism is is born from the radical stance that even anarchists should treat other people with love, so it's not that anarchists doesn't have an ethic and for us uh, as christians we know that the christian god as christ portrays uh, god anyway not the church always is love and when you read the gospels you see that jesus is constantly critiquing the people in power be it the religious power or the political powers and also the first jesus movement saw themselves as belonging to another kind of country than the roman empire or israel they talked about the kingdom of God as a parallel society that lives inside the Roman Empire. So they viewed themselves as people belonging to another kind of of society that became available when when Jesus walked here, another way of life. And I would say that that kind of life that they portrayed is an anarchistic uh, way to have a movement because they didn't care if if something was illegal or not. They lived the way they did anyway so sometimes they were in opposition to the to the law and needed to break it uh, to be able to perform their christianity and the good deeds and all that changed later when christianity rise to power and, and got power and money from the emperor and around uh, 396 or something like that you see a a total shift in christianity's expression in the world like going from being uh, A Christian uh, before 300, it was forbidden as a Christian to be a a military uh, or a soldier. After the year around 400, it's illegal not to be Christian and uh, the army should be filled with Christians and money was a sign that you were blessed by God, uh, the Christian God. So a lot of change uh, happened during those 100 years there. Going from a a pacifist underground network to uh, uh, the establishment that has the power and also kills those that oppose Christianity. So when anarchism comes as a movement in the 19th century, I don't think the proponents knew that they were speaking a lost Christian political dialect, but they were doing that. So that helped uh, the church to discover those kind of questions. What is it to to be in power, and what is true power, and what should society look like. And uh, pretty soon you had a lot of Christians following along uh, with anarchists. So, you had like Tolstoy and people like that, who immediately saw the connection between Jesus preaching the kingdom of God and the anarchistic expression of not believing in the state or the the political system of the time.
2: This leaves me sort of wondering whether that blending of anarchism punk in christianity has ever made it difficult for the band to get your music accepted
3: yeah yeah it has like in in the church it's not a problem at all the old ladies sitting in and knitting on sundays they love us just because we're there and they have always been accepting towards us uh, in the church but in the punk scene like people walk out in masses from from gigs and Sometimes when when you just look to someone and they realize that I'm a priest in the Lutheran church, they just walk away. They don't even like say anything, they don't get mad, they just don't want to be a part of it. Like the punk scene has been so much more intolerant to us than the church. Maybe not buying it, maybe they like critique our message, but we have always had a a welcoming atmosphere in the church. So that's that's quite funny. Like the punk scene is is much more conservative and have a norm of not allowing religious people to be outspoken.
2: I want to go to these old ladies at the church with their knitting, so they come out to yeah. your shows and they jump into the mosh pit with everybody else?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but not really, but some of them uh, comes to our shows, yeah, they actually do.
2: Before we even started with our talk, I explained to you that I have no ability at all with languages— so, I'm going to need help with your songs. Yeah, sure. The song title, O oflut.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took me a while to realize. Yeah, I know which song you're talking about. Macchinellt Yeah. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. that translates as mechanical whispering. What can you tell us about the song?
3: Okay, so, so mechanical is right, and oflut would be like when you have bad luck with something for a long time like this is bound to fail all the time oh i guess um, google so, translate
2: yeah. failed again
3: yeah yeah they did. yeah so the song is about how society makes you work harder without a, a goal like society just want to be effective you want to be more technological and have more effectiveness in society but no one knows why because when we reach a new level of technology and a new level of efficiency you have to come up with another job to do. Like Today we have robots doing a lot of the labor work, but we're still working more than we did before. That's a song about that kind of thing. And it's also a song about the the gender roles that we have. And uh, my part of the song is about me trying to be a voice for some kind of person that wants to have access to the whole of humanity's expressions and not just the male or the female. Um, expression so it's it's a two-part song about that
2: many christians struggle with that whole aspect both sexuality and gender identification yeah yeah how is that in sweden versus maybe here in north america
3: i feel like you're, you're starting to have the discussion about that homosexuals and trans people should have a full access to the whole of the church and to marriage and everything like that and and more and more Bible-believing Christians are questioning their old attitudes towards that and being brave and starting to see that the Bible can be interpreted in another way. You don't have to leave the Bible behind. You can see that maybe it isn't that easy to see what St. Paul is talking about. So you are doing what we did 50 years ago in the Church of Sweden. We started to have that discussion, but it took us like 40 years of discussion before we made it possible for a blessing ceremony for um, same-gendered relationships. And after a while with that discussion and theological um, battles, because it was a battle, it's still a battle in in some ways, so we have some uh, denomination that marries um, same-sex unions and and some that don't. Uh, And the church that I'm a priest in, we are open for same-sex marriage. When I started to read history and started to read about Roman sexuality and stuff like that, I kind of questioned that St. Paul really talked about the same thing we talk about when we we talk about two men being married to each other and and promising lifelong commitment to each other. And St. Paul was surrounded by teachers having sex with the students, uh, like it was the right to do it. And uh, you have uh, married men going to male prostitutes. That's the normal expression of same-sex sexuality in the Roman Empire at the time. So I guess when Paul talks about this, he doesn't have in mind a stable, lifelong uh, commitment in, in love and uh, monogamy uh, with each other. So so that started, with, Like when I read that and, and find out about that in, in history class, I I started to question a lot of my more conservative background and could see the Bible with new eyes. So we don't know. Maybe he talks about all same-sex unions or maybe he doesn't Uh, but since we don't know which way is more graceful and which way is more compassionate and when i follow jesus i I find that he's always on the side of the oppressed and the the compassionate side so i choose that way even though i'm not sure because I, i think closing the door for them is much worse than allowing them because god has everything in his hands anyway if there's Christians that doesn't have a problem with it and they they want to marry each other, I'm not the one to stand against that. Tjena, det här är Elof från Svarteskärm i Sverige. Ni lyssnar på The Antidote, alltså yeah. motgiftet med Dave
2: bring up another song? Sure. Pura Yama is about hide-and-seek, but the song is really nothing like the kids game. Yeah. This is the violent version. What caused the band to write the
3: song? Like, we have lots and lots of friends that are so-called illegal immigrants uh, in Sweden. They sort of play a hide-and-seek game with the, the government to be able to live uh, in Sweden. Uh, or Maybe just be able to come to Sweden because since we are part of the European Union, it's really hard to get to Sweden in a legal way anyway. So like when the war in Syria was really big in the news, uh, the Swedish government said that uh, every Syrian is welcome here for the time being, and we will let them into our country. That sounds great. (laughs) But in reality, there's no way to get into Sweden in a legal way so they can say that and not uh, live up to it, because you have to take yourself to Sweden to be able to to apply for asylum. So then you have to smuggle yourself through uh, all of Europe. And that's why a lot of people die in the, in the oceans, uh, because they're trying to sneak into the European Union. And like Italy and the other countries at the border, they have so much more strict uh, immigration policies, so they get blocked there, so they have to bribe or sneak uh, away in or, or, yeah, in some other way, get get smuggled into the European nations. But if they finally come to Sweden, uh, the people from Syria was allowed to be here for a while. But a lot of other countries like Afghanistan and Iraq, when America did a war on terror, a lot of the people fleeing from that came to Europe. They were uh, allowed to be here for a couple of years. And then Sweden suddenly said, now it's safe in Afghanistan and Iraq, so you can go back. And a lot of people did, of course, because they missed their home. But then you had the minorities, like some Christians minorities or Muslim minorities or some gay people also that we know uh, that said that, yeah, it's not safe for us anyway down there because we are still hunted and we are still persecuted uh, and killed uh, every day. There's so much evidence that Christians in Afghanistan and Iraq had a hard time. And also those Muslim minorities. So a lot of our friends was, had a, a time in Sweden and had been safe here for a while. And suddenly Sweden just said, it's safe for you to go back now. So the song is about their struggle. Uh, if they should should go or should they stay here and, and hide and live some kind of underground life for a long time? I mean, is there a the future in that? Is that safer than going? In? Like in the song, I take the voice of the government. So I say some racist stuff and I, I talk about how the government wants to throw them out. The, the theological background there is that we talk about the powers and uh, the principalities that Paul talks about. So there's a wordplay like the hide and seek for the, the immigrants. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of hide and seek game with the racism and um, principalities of nationalism and stuff like that. Uh, hiding behind uh, the normal human government. So we try to take in uh, Paul's uh, teaching of that and use it in in our, our society and our age today.
2: I had no idea that the EU makes it so difficult for immigrants and refugees to move around Europe. That's why having bands and artists who cover these issues is so important. Elof comes back in a moment, but it's time to give you the plan for the next edition of The Antidote. Power metal may be hugely popular in Europe. It's not so much here in North America. But there is a U.S. band who are making an impact. Tune in next time as I'm joined by Dave Harvey of Millennial Rain for a chat about their new album, The Great Divide. Here's more of my talk with Elof, and we finish with the song, Inshallah. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. One of your song titles is an Arabic expression, Inshallah, yeah. meaning yeah. God's will be done. Arabic Muslims and Christians both use that saying. I'd like to hear what you think. Are people honestly willing to accept God's will when it isn't what they want?
3: Uh, No, we're not at all. (laughs) I'm not anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to be, uh, but I, I think we're so stuck in ourselves, so so hard for us to hear like in a direct way God's voice. It's too dangerous to try to. For me as a person to, to follow that instinct or whatever uh, and saying that that's God's voice. I think we need to listen as a community and listening through the filter of the church traditions and reading the Bible together. In that way, we can find God's will for the community and for maybe for yourself also. It's easier for me to accept something that we have talked about a lot and discussed a lot in a group uh, and knowing that I do it with uh, someone else. Uh, to be able to know what God's will is. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. Uh, but then you can still like, hear the, the easy stuff like to understand, like show hospitality to a stranger. But how in the world would I do that when I work full time, I have a small child at home, um, I'm afraid of, of the person that I meet on the street that doesn't have a, a home to invite him or her to my home. I mean, it's it's not easy to follow that, but even though I know God's will, So then you have to, again, have a community that can take uh, a community responsibility for persons and being a safety net for for people that are inviting people to their homes. So Christianity needs to have a much more local and neighborhood um, expression.
2: This makes me really interested to know, would you ever say that the intention of the music from your band is to change people?
3: Uh, hopefully someone will get changed but i think maybe it's more for people that are finding that they are not alone in the views and it's more of a way to express our our hopes and our fears and stuff like that so it's more of an outlet than a, a megaphone for for change i think um Hopefully someone listens to it and maybe gets a new thought or stuff like that. But I think we're, in a way, preaching to the choir.
2: So we've gotten into all kinds of heavier topics here. Something on a little lighter note, I've heard that there are plans for a large compilation of music coming out this fall. What can you tell us about it?
3: Yeah, so the compilation, yeah, we're really like honored that someone wants to to help us with that. We as a band have had so low energy for a lot of years. Now I've been depressed for two years and a lot of other people has also been sick. So we don't really have any energy to do something new right now. But then it's, it was great to find his email uh, and just saying, yeah, if you want to do it, just do it. If you think that people are, are interested or should like the stuff we do, just just release it. So we're, we're just like surprised and happy that someone wants to do that. And he's been really... Like graceful and doing all the work for us. So so it's it's just a, it's a grace.
2: I'm sure that people are going to want to find your band online so <laughs> you get to do me the favor of spelling the band name so people can find you.
3: Yeah, so you you have a Q and an X. No, <laughs> you have an S. So Svarteskärm uh, is S. S-V- the no. Oh, forlost. Here's my son here. Here's the book. Uh, <laughs> I'm too tired to spell spell the, the name. It's S-V-A-R-T-E-S-K-E-R-M. So, yeah, so Svartoskärm. As it sounds. <laughs> uh, but I guess it's easier to find it on, on Spotify and uh, Amazon and iTunes, stuff like that, because... We don't really have a homepage or a blog.
2: This has gone a lot deeper than what I was thinking it was, but <laughs> Olaf, thanks for coming to the Antidote and good luck with your fall release.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us and looking forward to to listening to your show now. <laughs>
1: You to of the Go in a the Go the Must we go? What about the snow days? Couldn't we? I hope that if you have it, bring it. Just do